passage. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. And here's the title of the message. But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. We've been on this thought of the gospel of grace now for a few weeks. And perhaps this morning it may be one of the most important sermons you'll ever hear. Reason being, eternity may hang in the balance for someone sitting here this morning. So I pray you'll listen attentively. The story is told of a young dock worker and a minister by the name of Henderson who delivered a sermon from Romans chapter 5. Although impressed with the truth, he did not trust the Lord as his Savior. The next day, he joined a, a crew on a steamship called the London. Short time later, disaster on the high seas, and the London was shipwrecked, and uh, most on board lost their life. Several months passed, and a sailor came, and he inquired, Are you Pastor Henderson? He said, Yes, I am. He said, Well... I've come to tell you a story. While we were on the London, a young man I found in the corner weeping and began to inquire with him. And he said, I just heard a message from Romans chapter number 5. And I knew the Lord was dealing with my heart, but I just couldn't quite figure it out. So he said, I just took the time and Unboxed that chapter to him, and on that ship, he trusted the Lord as his Savior. And then just a little while later, we were in trouble, and they were putting those in lifeboats, and soon the ship would go down. And the last time that I seen this young man, he was hanging up on a pole at the top of his place, and said, uh, if you see Pastor Henderson, he said, I want you to tell him this. Being justified by faith, we I have peace with God through my Lord Jesus Christ. When we began to read Romans chapter number 5, one thing all commentaries agree on, and that is this. That the Apostle Paul got excited about what he was talking about. He would go in a verse and midstream of the verse, he'd be jumping over here and then he would come back to the thought and, and as you begin to read chapter number five, the, uh, it, it, it's somewhat confusing or because it just seems to be all over the place. But with the help of the Lord this morning, I want to illustrate it for you and, and, and maybe just, just really help you to to, to grasp the simplicity of what the Lord is wanting us to see. Brother Watts, I'll have you get my uh, illustrations for me. As he gets these illustrations, I want you to think with me just simply this. Two men, two men, or two individuals, two people, if you will, two individuals, Two men, two, two individuals is what I want you to think with me, if you would, for just a little while. 
As a matter of fact, these two men represent all of the world's history from God's point of view. As God looks over the battlements of glory, He really, really just looks at all of us in one of two places. You don't have to know about Nebuchadnezzar. You don't have to know about a tabernacle or or Michael or Haggai. You don't need to know about the Sermon on the Mount. You don't need to memorize the name of the twelve apostles. If you grasp this morning this truth of just two people, then you can grasp the story, the truth of Romans chapter number 5. Because as God looks at over 5 billion people on planet earth, He really looks at us at being in Christ or in Adam. One man is Adam. Now, let me just say this. You don't have to do anything to be in Adam except to be born into this world. Now, I know some of you parents think your children were hatched. They wasn't. They were born. That's the only thing you have to do. You don't have to be anything. You don't have to have any certain standing. One man is Adam, and the other man is Jesus Christ. Adam sinned in the garden, and he condemned us all. In Adam, we live with the consequences of that sin. And if I sound very elementary this morning to some of you, would you please give me a little leeway because I've come to the conclusion that a whole lot of folks just don't get this great basic truth. Because of Adam, we all are condemned. But praise God, because of Christ, we all get to live eternally. Amen? Because of Christ, we all get to live. Jesus, what He did, matter of fact, what these two did altered the course of our entire world as we know it today. And both of these, their actions literally spread worldwide. Two men, two deeds, two frozen moments in time, and two great results. And everyone who's ever been born from the beginning of time to this present hour has either been a follower of Adam, a follower of Christ. Sometimes the terminology, and some of you that have been in church for many, many years, you've, called, you've heard this called the first Adam and the second Adam or the last Adam. You may have used, heard that terminology. Don't get excited. It's still just Christ. Amen. 
And so we find that two men and two acts. And yet these two men, those two acts set off a chain of events that reverberate through history, touching all of us. Paul's burden in Romans chapter number 5 was that he would compare and contrast these two. I want to tell you this so I don't lose the truth while you daydream or slip away from me. In Christ, you will always get much more than you get in Adam. Where sin abounded, grace, hallelujah, did much more abound. So as we look at this this morning, my prayer is that I can help you just get this. It's such a fundamental truth. As we renew this year in 2017, I want you to understand where you're at this morning. Every person, every individual, every bus kid is either in Adam or in Christ. Every adult is either in Adam or in Christ. Every young person is either in Adam or in Christ. I see, first of all, three great contrasts. We see, first of all, Adam's offense. In Romans chapter 5, verse 15, But not as the offense, so also is a free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. The word offense means to trespass. It means to enter someone else's property illegally. Has the idea of trespassing is what you do when you say, uh, just watch me. I, I'm going, just watch me. You know it's not your place. You know it's not your, but, but as Adam stood in that day in that garden, my, as he talked about this last night, he said no word, but in that day as, as Eve was tempted and tricked and deceived. May I remind you, Adam did not say a word. And the truth had been given to him. And that day, Adam was literally saying, watch me. Just see, I'm going to do this. He did it deliberately. For as by one man's offense, we see here that he crossed the line. God gave them every tree. Isn't it amazing? God gave them every tree in the garden, anything they wanted, any time they wanted it. And God simply said, just one tree. Just one tree. Now, just one, Adam. Just one. By the way, if you read your Bible, you'll find that God gave Adam that command before he ever created Eve. So he had the truth. Just one tree. Just one tree. But when, but when Adam did that, literally what he was doing was being very selfish. And he was saying, he was simply saying this, I know what God said, but I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to have my way. I'm going to do it anyway because I want to do it. I'm going to do it. And so he did. In doing so, he brought an offense. He brought a trespass.
What Jesus did on the other side of the ledger was this. was everything for others. Jesus' mind across called Calvary. You need to understand, He was sinless. He knew no sin. He had committed no sin. And everything He did was because of what the first Adam over here had done. He said Adam had offended. He had sinned. He had crossed the line, if you will, by one man's disobedience. Praise God. But Jesus, He steps up on the cross and He said, by my obedience, I'm going to take away what was done over there where sin abounded. Grace did much more abound. Grace is God's unmerited favor to you and I. That's the reason why some of us need to take your halo and lay it aside. Hey, by the way, let me help you here this morning. That's the reason why I don't get hung up on titles and you shouldn't be hung up on titles. We're all in Adam and we're all sinners headed for a devil's hell and deservedly so. But Jesus... But Jesus, but Jesus, hallelujah, but Jesus by His grace and His unmerited favor said, I will give where, where, where sin abounded, grace didn't much more abound. Yes. When I was a little boy, I got saved at 11 years old at Icarus Grove Baptist Church. Never been drunk, never run line with women. Praise God as a little boy, I like girls. By 11 years old, I started liking girls. I want you to know that. I like girls. It's important you make that clear these days. You know what I mean? And uh, I, I want you to know at 11 years old, I hadn't robbed a bank. I hadn't done nothing what you would say. I mean, we'd done a lot of stupid things when we was kids. But Dad had a way of handling that. Amen. See, now, some of you don't understand this. How many of you understand we didn't get whippings or stand in the corners? We got a whooping. How many understands the difference? That's right. Praise God. I'm glad I'm in good company. I'm glad you're as mean as I was. Helps me out. I'm going to tell you why. I tell you, we, and we've done some stupid stuff. I'll just throw one out at you. We, we, was, we were digging out underneath the house to to make a place to put potatoes, keep me to cool. And me and my, me and, me and Robert, my youngest brother, we had a light bulb under there and the light went out. We were just little, little boys. So we built a fire under the house to see. Now, ain't that smart? Ain't that smart? That's about smart as some of the things y'all done. And boy, when, when dad got home, he got that fire out, but he built another one, but it wasn't under the house. I'll tell you that. They're going to beat us to death. And rightfully so. Well, I want you to get a hold of this. God help us to get over ourselves. God help us to get over we're something when the truth of the matter is, had it not been for God's great grace, you'd be in hell this morning. There's nothing good about one of us. Nothing, no, nothing. Because of one man, Adam. Great contrast. Man's offense, but Jesus' gift. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. Adam was thinking of himself, and Christ was thinking of me and you. My we see Adam's offense and Jesus' gift, and notice another contrast. 
Adam's sin brought condemnation. Don't miss this. I understand, I understand that from the time a child is born to the time they become the age of accountability, that they are in the dispensation of innocence. I believe God protects that great place of innocence there. And, 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 and don't, don't get alarmed with that. That's just God's good grace too. That's just God's good grace. That dispensation of innocence. But the moment they become of the age of accountability to know right from wrong, don't miss this, in the sight of God they're condemned. Condemnation. Not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift. But the judgment was by one to condemnation. It means simply this, you're guilty. You're guilty. Well, preacher, I'll tell you one thing. As a church member, and I've done this, and I've done this, and I've done good. I never done anything bad. I didn't rob a bank. I didn't cuss. I didn't run around with women. I didn't smoke dope. I didn't drink liquor. I've been good all my life. I'm going to tell you something. All that that is doesn't mean a thing in the sight of God. When you're in Adam, you're already condemned. You're already condemned. It's that simple. It's that simple. You're condemned. The wages of sin is death. But hold it, preacher, you don't understand. I'm the exception. I mean, can't you see the gold off my wings back here? Didn't, didn't you see my wing? My, I mean, I'm, I'm close to being angelic. I, I'm, I'll be honest with you. I would to God I was as holy as some of God's people think they are. I wish I was as godly as some people think they are. But the truth of the matter is, in Adam, you're already condemned. You're already guilty. It's not a matter of the judge pronouncing guilty. You already are. Every one of us is in the same box in the same boat. You say, but Holy Spirit, you didn't get it, did you, preacher? I'm a Methodist, I'm a Baptist, I'm Presbyterian, I'm, I'm whatever you are. The sight of God, you're condemned. It's simple. You're guilty. And the wages of sin is death. Have you ever wondered why the mortuary never goes out of business? Have you ever wondered why the newspaper always runs an obituary column? I look at it every morning to see if I'm there. Some of you get that on the way home. It'll be okay. It's been a long weekend. I, I, it never runs out. And no matter, every, every day I look at the obituary column to see if, because I'm getting at the age now, some of my friends are kicking the bucket. And uh, have you ever wondered, though, it never runs out? Because people are always dying. You know why people are dying? Are you listening? Here's why they're dying. They're dying because the wages of sin is death. Not only a physical death, but don't miss this, an eternal death without Christ. It's one thing to die physically. The Bible calls that asleep. If you're saved by the grace of God, 
And if you know you're saved by the grace of God, when you die, you just go to sleep here and you wake up there. You, you exhale here, you inhale there. And I don't know about you, but when you come by, I want you to cry for a little while. But when you get on the other side of the casket, you have yourself a shouting fit because that's what I'm doing. I guarantee you this much. Now listen to me. I'm going to help you. If, when I get to heaven, I'm not wanting to come back. I'm not interested in coming back. And we find it all of a sudden, but listen, Adam's sin brought condemnation. But notice what Christ brought. Christ brought justification. But the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. Now, I, I looked, I did this last week, but let me, let me do it again. Justification is this. It is not only God saying, you're not guilty. And then He takes your sin and stores it somewhere and puts it on record. He don't do that. People around you will do that. People around you will keep a record of how sorry we are sometimes. How we fail sometimes. How we sin sometimes. Husbands and wives ain't getting along with masters at this. You hurt my feelings 20 years ago and I still ain't over it. You know, masters at it. But let me tell you what God does. Whenever the we sin and we come to Christ, say, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And I recognize I'm a sinner and the only hope I have is you. Here's what He does. He not only takes my sin and erases it, but He takes that thing and cleans the slate. It's no longer, not only am I forgiven, but praise God, the Bible says He puts it in the sin forgetfulness to remember it no more. Not one time, boy, Satan's a master coming to you and I and saying, God, did you see what preacher Jerry done yesterday? And he said, God, did you see? Did you see? Did you see what he done? And God looks, devil's looking at this side, but God's looking at that side. God says, I don't, I, devil, I know you're telling me, but I tell you, I've checked this record and he's justified in my sight. Just is. He never sinned. Well, God is a, not only is He a master and justification. Now listen, man committed only one sin. Let me, let me help you here. This is extra. Someone said, well, preacher, I, I ain't sin much. I just sin a little bit. I just sin a little bit. I do mostly everything right, but I sin a little bit. Man sinned one time. Adam sinned once. You and I, in our human reasoning, would say, Now, Jesus... What's the big deal? It's just one piece of fruit for crying out loud. What's the big deal? 
What's the big deal? Here's the big deal. Protecting that front was disobedience to the command of God. Let me tell you when we'll get renewed. When we stop justifying our sin. Preacher, I tell you what, through that time, we just can't afford that. Then you'll be cursed from now that Jesus comes. Just don't blame Him and everybody else when you curse yourself. Oh, I like this one. Forsaken not the assembling of ourselves together. Moreover, as the last days approach. But exhorting one another, encouraging one another, lifting. By the way, that's not an option. That's a command. But preacher, you don't understand. Man, it's beautiful. It's going to be 80 degrees today. You think I'm going to come back to church tonight? You will if you want to obey God. If you don't want to disobey God, you won't. But don't miss this. Don't miss this. Don't be shocked if things don't go your way. One man sinned. God hates sin. Sin destroys. Sin breaks the heart of, of God. Sin destroys families. Sin destroys lives. Sin destroys the lives of your children. Sin destroys. But where sin abounding, grace did much more abound. God is saying is this, the power of Jesus is far greater than man's sin. Not only that, but Adam's sin, death reigned. Listen, here this morning, if you're in Christ, you're dead in your trespasses and in your sins. I don't feel a thing at church. Dead people don't. I just don't get a thing out of that church. Dead people don't. Boy, this is my favorite one. Preacher, I'm sure you've heard this. I'm just not getting fed. Dead people can't feed themselves. Live people can feed themselves. Oh, I don't miss this. Many times. Don't miss, for if by one man's offense, death reigned by one. Much more, they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. That's a little bit complicated. Focus on two words. Death and life. Death reigned. That's our gift from Adam. Adam sinned, so death reigns. Don't miss this. Someday you'll die. Doesn't matter whether you're rich or poor. Doesn't matter if you're smart or dumb. And someday we'll have your funeral to prove it. There's There's a way to overcome death. And that is God's abounding grace. And His gift of righteousness, life reigns. If you're in Christ, you are living. If you're in Adam, you are dead. Don't miss this. If you're in Adam, you're dead. Oh, you say, but I'm breathing. Yeah, but you're dead. You're in Christ, you're living. And not only do you get to live, but every time you obey Him, you get to abound in that living. It's a good life. My worst day as a Christian, my best day as a lost person, 
doesn't compare to my worst day as a Christian. See, I'm tired of some people get this ideal, and I used to, let me, let me tell you this, I used to do this, I don't do this anymore. When I first surrendered my job to go in full-time in the ministry, I used to make statements like this. Boy, I tell you right now, I, I gave up this job and they paid me this and they done this and they done this and done this. And boy, I give up this and I give up this and I give up this. That's like some of you. Boy, I give up this. I give up this to do this. I give up, give up this. I give up this to do this. Can I help every person here? Boy, if you get a hold of this, it'll change your life. How many times have we heard this statement? I paid my tithes. I just tell you, he took all my... Hold, hold Number one, you paid. What did you pay? It wasn't yours to pay. What did you pay? You just surrendered back to God what was already His. You didn't pay anything. Isn't that amazing? When you make a statement, you've taken ownership of something that's not yours to take ownership of. And so all of a sudden we hear that, like we've given up something. I'll just do it. I'll just make this job. I can't sacrifice this stuff. God, it is so hard. I just don't know. I'm holding on holding out. God help you. Praise God, I'm going to heaven one day, but I'm going to enjoy the journey while I'm going. I'm going to enjoy my Savior. You know why? Because I'm living. Amen. And the truth of the matter is, the Bible says the moment I got saved, I began to live. What a great life it is. What a good... Don't, don't miss this. I'm glad every time... I have a need. My father is one breath away. I've never gotten a busy signal. I've never had him to say, I don't have time to talk to you. I've never had him, but I want you to know, and when I've needed it, when I've needed it, he's answered my prayer before I got up. And when I didn't need it, he said, I'm going to make you wait a while because i got something better for you right down the road. I want you to know there's something so wonderful. Let's get our chin out of our shorts and walk around like we've lost our best friend, like serving God is the hardest thing ever was. My goodness, if you're saved by the grace of God, we ought to be excited about Jesus. We ought to know who He is and we ought to know how great He really is. Let me tell you why some of you are not happy. Well, we'll talk about that tonight. Some of you are not happy because you're too attached to this world. Yeah. You got sin in your life. Sin will rob you joy. That's, uh, that's another message. Let's move on. Now there's a way to overcome this. And that is Jesus. Amen. There's two, three great contrasts. But notice there's two great consequences. That flows from Adam. That flows from Christ. The first one is, we've done looked at, looked at this one, condemnation versus justification. Therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came unto all men to condemnation. And even so, by the righteous of one, the free gift came unto all men unto justification of life. One man's selfish disobedience become the results of condemnation for every man, woman, boy, and girl born. 
makes you want to just smack Adam good when you get to heaven, don't it? Adam were all born condemned. But Jesus, but Jesus were all forgiven. Now, I, for as by one man's offense, death, one man's offense, death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Now listen, I'm not talking about when Jesus died. He didn't die on a cross and everybody immediately gets saved. Oh, no, no. It's got to be received. It's got to be received. Notice what he said. For by one man's offense, death reigned by one. Much more they which receive. God ain't going to make you trust Him as your Savior. He's not going to make you do anything. He's not going to make you. I love this story. George Wilson in 1830 was a government employee and he got caught robbing the mail. Wilson tried and was sentenced to be hanged. President Andrew Jackson sent Wilson a pardon. But Wilson did a strange thing. He wouldn't accept it. He wouldn't accept it. it they didn't know what to do with it, so he went to the U.S. Supreme Court of that day. Listen to what he said. Chief Justice Marshall wrote this opinion. A pardon is a slip of paper, the value of which is determined by the acceptance of the person to be pardoned. If it is refused, it is no pardon. George Wilson must be hanged, and he was. When you're in Adam, the wages of sin is death, and you will pay that price. But this morning, Jesus says, I've got a gift for you. But the gift of God through Jesus Christ is eternal life. But He won't make you take the gift. It shocks me. But you know God will let you go to hell if you want to. He won't send you there. You will send yourself there. And so... And not only this, but in Adam, many are made sinners. In Christ, many are made righteous. For by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. Now that just cuts the... Now listen. Well, that just that cuts everything, accolade we put to our name. Well, I tell you, I'm, my name is Pastor Jerry Steins and... I pastor Solid Rock Baptist Church and everybody. No, I just tell you, you know what God said? Sinner. Sinner. By one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. Well, I just, you say, preacher, you're just going to hurt my self-esteem. Nothing, ain't going to hurt your self-esteem near as bad as hell's going to hurt your self-esteem. Will you hurt my feelings? Ain't nothing going to hurt your feelings like being in hell lost. Sinners. Sinners, that's it. So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. That word right means right before God. Here's what it is. You're either a sinner or you stand in Christ and you say, I'm still just a sinner, but I'm righteous. And when God looks at me, He does not see my righteousness. 
He sees the righteousness of His Son. And may I say, I'm made righteous because of being in Christ. Then that brings us to the last point. One great conclusion. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where the sin abounded, grace didn't much more abound. God gave us the Ten Commandments not to tell us how to get to heaven. I met a man not long ago, and he's lost as he can be. And the man made this statement. He said, I'm keeping the Ten Commandments, and that's how I'm going to get to heaven. First of all, he's a liar because nobody's ever kept the Ten Commandments. No one's ever kept them. Not fully. But the Ten Commandments wasn't there to get you to heaven. Here's why God gave us the Ten Commandments. To show us how sorry a sinner we are. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God. Look this away for just a moment. Everybody, bus kids, look this away for me. Just a minute. Everybody, look this away. First commandment. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. Can I ask you a question? Is there anything in your life you love more than loving Him? Well, you're guilty. You broke the first one. Some of you love your children more than you love God. I'm going to mess you up right now, but you're wrong. Some of you love your money more than you love God. Let me say this, you're wrong. Some of you love your pleasures more than you love God. Let me say this, you're wrong. And so the Bible comes in and says, it gives us the law to show us how sinful we really are. The Bible says, thou shalt not commit adultery. Someone said, I've never committed adultery. The Bible says, if you look on a woman in lust after her, hey, fellas, look up here now. We're not, it ain't time to pray. The Bible says, if you looked on a woman in lust after her, you've already committed adultery in your heart. If red blood runs through your veins, you won't tell me you've never looked at somebody and said, wow. Then add lying to the fact that you commit adultery. Thou shalt not lie. It's in her too. What he did was the law was to tell us how sinful we really are. That's why he gave us the law. He gives the law that we would understand how great his grace really was. J.B. Phillips puts it this way. So where sin is wide and deep, the grace of God is wider and deeper still. Corey Timboom said, There's no pit so deep that the love of God is not deeper still. So here's the principle. In Jesus Christ, we gain so much more than we ever lost in Adam. Julia Johnson wrote this hymn and captures the sense of this passage. Marvelous grace of our loving Lord, grace that exceeds our sin and our guilt. Yonder on Calvary's mount outpoured, there's where the blood of the Lamb was spilt. Grace, grace, God's grace, grace that will pardon and cleanse sin. Grace, grace, grace that is greater than all of our sin. Here's the best news you'll ever hear. Where sin abounded. Grace did much more abound. God said, I want you to know 
There is no comparison. Now you had to do nothing to get here. That's the reason Jesus said to to Nicodemus late one night, Verily, verily, you must be born again. You got born the first time, and if you're in Adam this morning, you're guilty, you're a sinner, the wages of that sin is death, and you will die in eternity in hell for your sin, and, and, and rightfully so. But Jesus said, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. That you did by just being birthed into this world. This you get by recognizing you're a sinner. God, finding a place around this altar in just a moment, God be merciful to me, a sinner. And asking Christ to come in your heart and save you. Then he, you will become in Christ. And the Bible says, and the gift of God is eternal life. That's the only life God has to offer. You say, I don't believe that. Well, you believe it or not, it doesn't change a thing. Eternal, everlasting life is the only life he's got to offer. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. You're either in Adam or you're in Christ. This morning, as we all stand to our feet and every head bowed and every eye closed, Are you in Christ?